Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. All right, a great Sunday morning to you. No, this is not Judge Jeanine Pirro identifying as a man. It's Rob Astorino. A friend of the judge and former Westchester County executive here in New York. I also host a show on WABC in New York on Saturdays at 4 o'clock. So I'm pitching in for Janine, who is somewhere fabulous, I'm sure, if you know Janine. She looks great, I'm sure. She's having a wonderful time in beautiful weather somewhere on this earth, and God bless her. But she'll be back next week, so fear not. So you're going to join me at some point, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. What did he say? 1-800-848-9222. That's the number if you want to participate in this show. We'll take you up through the top of the hour. So, oh, my God, so much stuff going on. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but... I read the indictment, the four-count indictment against Trump, the United States of America versus Donald J. Trump. Uh, you know, this is just the third in a series of never-ending counts against this guy. And it'll continue as long as they need it to continue because every time the Democrats get backed into a corner or Biden has some really bad negative news, they'll throw out an indictment. They'll add a count, a superseding indictment, whatever they need to change the narrative. Now, I read this whole thing. It's 45 pages. You should go and read this utterly insane indictment of Donald Trump. Now, I say utterly insane. Okay, I even object to some of the things he did on January 6th. I think that was a horrible day. No question about it. But And I'm not an attorney, believe me. But when I was county executive, I dealt with a lot of issues of law, had to make decisions based upon what my attorney's said to me or the advice they gave me, what political advisors said to me, whether we should go in federal court on issues, whether, you know, there's a lot of things you do as an elected official that is based upon your judgment. It's based upon your opinion. It's based upon your authority, by the way, or what you believe to be your authority. And trust me, if I listen to every bit of advice that the attorneys gave, who were always the most cautious, Nothing ever would have gotten done. And as an executive, it was my role, whether it was on a county level or the president of the United States, what he did and what Biden is doing in his judgment against the authority, like in Biden's case, of wiping out student debt. They knew it was false. They knew it was fraudulent to do that. Nancy Pelosi said, you can't do that. I mean, forget it. Everyone knew constitutionally, he had zero authority to do what he did. Snap his finger, put his name to a piece of uh, paper, and wipe off hundreds of billions of dollars in debt that you and I now would have to pick up the tab for. Totally, totally wrong, and no, zero legal authority to do that. Now, why do I bring that up? I bring that up because that's essentially what this whole case is about with Donald Trump. The four violations, count one, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. 
Count three, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And count four, conspiracy against rights, which, I mean, all these things are so catch-all. It's like whatever we need, throw it into the pot. Let's make a big soup of an indictment and just add on more and more counts. And hopefully we get a great jury in D.C., a liberal judge who they got, and, and maybe we can pull a rabbit out of the hat. But this stuff, as you read it, you start saying, okay, even if he did some of this stuff, even if he, you know, if I don't agree with him, is this criminal? Because if it's criminal, then God only knows just about everybody under that dome in the Capitol should be in jail at this point. And everybody in the future who thinks they can make a statement that may or may not be true in politics, your criminal behavior now will put you behind bars. You and, and your advisors, your attorneys, they're all co-conspirators. That's really what this says. And what's glaring out of this, what's glaring in what is not in it, is there's nothing to do with inciting riots in regard to an insurrection. There's nothing about insurrection. There's nothing about sedition in here. Because they realized his words, his public words, told people to peacefully protest. So they go backwards. If you read this, it's really just they're, – they're saying that, look, he was told by certain lawyers, he was told by people that the election was not stolen. He was told that the electors need to do their job. He was told that the vice president could not change the results or even slow it down. But even so, even though he was told this, he, like a bad boy, went ahead and did it. Shame. That's criminal. We're coming after you. Well, let's stop for a second. Because he was also told, and it's in the indictment, by the way, he was also told by a constitutional lawyer that he could do this. And in his mind, and this is what they're going to have to prove, that he knowingly knew that the election was not stolen, that he lost, and that everything he was going to do was illegal, and that he had zero right to proceed that way, and that he caused everything that happened on January 6th, which, by the way, they really don't allege that because if they did, they would have slapped him with additional charges. Now, can they do that in the future? Hmm. If they really need it, I bet in the back pocket they have – an indictment ready to go in front of the grand jury. They have charges. They, they have superseding charges. They're ready if, again, let's say a couple weeks from now or in a month or two, something completely explodes on the whole Joe Biden family incorporated, and they need to pull something out to change the narrative. And the media, of course, oh, my God. First of all, they don't want to focus on Biden in any respect or Hunter or anything in front of their faces, anything coming out of – the House, which is showing pretty substantially how corrupt the Biden family is. I mean, even hardcore Democrats at some point, even though they will continue to vote Democrat, will have to admit within their own soul, within their own head, that Joe Biden did something really bad and corrupt and may have very much sold out this country for his own personal gain. Those are high crimes and misdemeanors. But going through the process of what Trump did and getting into his mind and trying to prove what he was thinking, that's pretty tough. And it's also a hell of a bad precedent to set. So 
Even the New York Times admitted recently that said that, you know, under the conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and all these crimes, alleged crimes, that it's, quote, unprecedented and it's a novel approach. A novel approach means it hasn't been tested. A novel approach means you're going to have to get, ultimately, you're going to have to get not only a federal court, a district court, but a, a U.S. Court of Appeals, and ultimately, if it goes there, the United States Supreme Court, with a 6-3 to three majority right now for conservatives, who are going to have to say, yes, this happened, and not overturn it. The federal government has tried many times on corruption cases, and these broad, broad uh, actions uh, that the government is alleging, and they fail. They failed with the governor, McDonald of Virginia. They failed with uh, the former senator in Alaska. They have failed numerous times because of these sweeping charges that just don't pass the test. And this clearly is a First Amendment case. Because, and if you go back to Supreme Court decisions, the Supreme Court basically says, boy, there are very limited circumstances on restrictions of free speech. Very limited. Imminent lawless actions and criminal conduct, like those are fighting words. You've got to have fight. Go out and commit this crime. Go out and, you know, he didn't do that. Now, some people say, I think he said that. Well, you think he said that, but he didn't. He didn't lead the march. And he said, and these words will come back to help him peacefully protest things like obscenity, defamation, child pornography. These are where some restrictions on free speech come into play. But you know what false statements, where they, where they fall? False statements are protected speech under the First Amendment. And there's a Supreme Court decision going back to 2012, U.S. versus Alvarez. And that's under the Stolen Valor Act, believe it or not, which made it a crime to falsely claim that you earn military decorations or medals. Hmm. Like Blumenthal in Connecticut, he should be in jail if, if that act held up. But the Supreme Court, and it was interesting, though, that Supreme Court, it was Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, basically joining with the liberals in Breyer who wrote it. Uh, and then you had three conservatives that were in the dissent. They, they, they said no. But it basically said, hey, false statements are protected speech. You can say things, and especially in political discourse, you can say things that may not be true, and it's protected. So I'm watching, you know, before we, I went on the air here, I'm just like flipping through the channels, and I'm, I'm watching. Last night I saw CNN did a whole thing, trumping democracy, an American coup. You know, the whole thing, the drama, the, they would find everybody to talk about how bad it was. And, and again, I'm not saying it was a good day. It was a horrible day. I remember watching January 6th that day, and I was so pissed off at what was going on. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was angry. I was, too. And, no, I didn't think Trump responded that, that great that day. I thought he should have been forceful at the very beginning and stopped it, which eventually he did, reluctantly probably. But what was happening there was was not a great day, and you should not defend it, okay? I also don't think that the people who participated in that day should be receiving, in essence, like the death penalty for, for the crimes that they committed. 
uh, and, and their sentences have been extraordinary. And the judge now overseeing this case for Trump is on the record about January 6th, how she not only detested it, but the sentences she gave to some of these people were, in my estimation, outrageous for the crimes that they committed. So here we have now a sitting United States president who has said publicly at least two times that he wanted Trump prosecuted. Okay. Do, 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 do. Message received by DOJ. What did the president say? Oh, he wanted him prosecuted? Okay, there are your marching orders. Go to it. You understand the implications of this. And when Trump sits there and says, and again, I cringe. Like last night, his speech, when he's going after Jack Smith, there are things that I don't think he should be saying or doing. Okay, but that's Trump. We all know that. He's his own worst enemy. His thumb with Twitter was his own worst enemy. It's the reason why people didn't vote for him, especially women. They just detested his actions. They like what he did, his policy. They detested his actions. They detested his speech, the way he, the way he you know, comported himself. But that look, that's him. But in the end, this case is very clearly about free speech. That's what it boils down to. That's what the jury is going to have to decide. And one person is going to have to say, you know what, I hate this guy, but I can see down the road where this will be completely abused. Completely abused. Now, will he get that fair trial? Hmm. In a city like D.C., where they absolutely hate him, where he lost by 90-something percent of the vote, probably not going to happen with a judge who is already, in my estimation, somewhat tainted against him. But look, this is the process. So it, it's we're in a really bad situation here because Trump now has three indictments against them. A fourth is going to come when they want it, and maybe a fifth because in New York, the attorney general of the state of New York, Letitia James, she's got one in her back pocket as well. So they'll have five. Eventually they'll have five different trials against Donald Trump next year while the presidential campaign is going on, while there are debates with at least one judge, I guarantee you, that's going to put some sort of muzzle on him. I mean, it's just, look, whether he wins in court or not, it doesn't matter. That's not what the Democrats care about. What they want is the narrative of next year to turn off some of those middle-of-the-road voters who are leaning towards him because they can't stand what Biden is doing to this country. But in the end, they don't want that circus. But in the end, they're like, ah. You know, this guy, I, I, that, they, they want to just sow seeds of doubt. They want the January 6th footage. They want Trump with the artist rendering in court. They want the indictment of Trump. They want That's the narrative. They don't care what happens in court ultimately. I mean, yeah, if they could hang him, they would. But that's not what it's about. I'll take some of your calls. I got more on this. I mean, it's, it's like Sunday morning. We're supposed to be like, you know, go to church get ready for the beach, barbecue, have a little cup of coffee, maybe a second one, a crumb bun. I don't know. But now I'm all riled up. You're probably riled up, too. What a horrible Sunday. Not a way to start a Sunday. All right, more to come. 1-800, by the way, 848-9222. Rob Astorino in for Judge Janine on the Tunnel of Towers show on the Red Apple Audio Network. The Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. 
Well, it's Rob Astorino in for Judge Janine Pirro on the Red Apple Audio Network. Get your calls in just a little bit, but a couple more things. So the Electoral Count Act, which is what the indictment starts to refer to about, quote, like intimidating the vice president into changing the results and all this stuff. Trump insisted that the vice president could change the results or could object to the results and stop the proceeding uh, you know, stop it or slow it down so it either could go back to some of the states or the Senate and the House could debate it, et cetera. The vice president, Pence, said, well, his lawyer said he could not do that. It was basically ceremonial. There was constitutional lawyers who told Trump, yes, it can happen. That was their interpretation of it. They told him that. So he believed that. And you know what? Here's proof. I would say this is proof if I'm his attorney. The Electoral Count Act, which was going back to 1876, the law was updated in 2022. Why? They clarified that the vice president cannot just reject electoral votes. They would not have had to change that act. They wouldn't have to clarify it if it wasn't unclear in the beginning, in the first place. So think about that. Jack Smith. All right, your calls, 1-800-848-9222, are coming up in just a bit. I'm Rob Astorino filling in for Judge Janine on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Tower show on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. All right, Rob Astorino, former Westchester County executive here in New York, in for Judge Janine. She'll be back next weekend, so fear not. And we'll take you up to the top of the hour, 1-800-848-9222. You know, just another thing, because I've been through elections, and I ran for governor in New York as well. Uh, I'm familiar, obviously, with federal elections, um, and every candidate, when it comes down to a close race, every candidate basically is going to check every ballot, is going to check every affidavit, is going to check every absentee ballot. Every machine is going to be recounted. And their attorneys are always going to come up with different approaches to either slow things down or to get the elections commissioners to throw out a ballot based on whatever I mean, in, in a lot of cases, like in New York, but in also in other states, if you're looking at a returned absentee ballot and, you know, the signature is wrong or the middle initial is missing. I mean, there's so many picayune things that you can contest a ballot. And, you know, in your heart, you know, all right, that's not so bad. That vote should count. But. You know what? The law might be murky, or I'm going to see if a judge goes with me on this one. I say that because every candidate does that. But is that a conspiracy to defraud the United States? Is that a conspiracy against rights? Which, again, is so broad. Conspiracy to def- against rights. I mean, that's literally just about every freaking thing could be against you if you're if the government wants to pull that on you. So I'm saying there's enough murkiness in here. Reading the indictment, 45 pages, please do it. It's, it's available everywhere online. Read it. 
because you understand now that they're really kind of grasping for straws. And this really does come down to protected speech in so many ways. He was not, as I said, maybe it'll happen, but he was not charged with insurrection or sedition. They knew they could never get that passed. So they come up with all these other things. And you may not like them, but again, do we want this precedent to be set so now we can go after political speech, which is one of the most protected speeches we have in this country? You're protected to say things against elected officials, elected officials. By the way, there's a law. They are immune. So a congressman or a senator in official capacity, in the well of the House or Senate, can say anything they want, and they're not going to be arrested. They're not going to be charged. That is their protection that they have by law. So does Trump not have that similar protection in many ways? All right, let's see what you have to say. 1-800-848-9222. We will start. You know what? I'm from Westchester. We're going to go to Westchester. Willie, how are you? You're on the Judge Janine Tunnel Tower Show. Hello. How are you doing, Rob? Good. How's everything? I appreciate you really good. Thank you very much. Listen, I have a problem right now with this whole deal over here. Number one, I'd like to start with January 6th. Let's go back in time. And if uh, Muriel Bowser, the mayor at Washington, D.C., and um, Pelosi had, uh, you know, agreed to have the National Guard ring the Capitol that day, January 6th would have been another day. Just another day. That's number one. Number two, if they, they, they're in a racist jury, they're in racist Washington. This man goes to jail. What's going to prevent a Jerry Epstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein? And that's all I got to say. All right. Let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. How are you, Andrew? Hey. Hey, how's it going, Rob? Yeah, Good. just uh, piggybacking off a show just before you, they had a great guest, Jonathan Isaac. But he was, I think, making a mistake when he was linking slavery to the out-of-wedlock birth rate in the black community. That was a Democrat scheme that was hatched in the 60s to call it, to switch the vote which it did. It went overwhelmingly Republican when the woman, the African-American woman, had the baby less than 10 percent. Now it's near 70 percent, and it's switched overwhelmingly Democrat. But I'm linking it to you to ask, when you run as a Republican in the inner cities and um, the government dependency that the Democrats successfully you know, caused, which I don't begrudge the people then for voting Democrat because the system is set up that way. So what did you say to, uh, you know, get votes and assure people that you weren't going to take things away or give options? Just want to hear your opinion as someone who ran for office as a Republican. Okay, well, this is a little off topic, but I'll say when I ran for governor or even running for county executive in a three to one Democratic county like Westchester, which has, you know, big cities like Yonkers, which is the third largest city in New York overwhelmingly Democratic areas, uh, when I campaigned as a Republican, and this is what Republicans should be doing, and it's kind of what Trump meant when he went to Detroit and said basically to a black audience, what the hell do you got to lose? The Democrats have been feeding you this nonsense for, for decades now, and have your lives gotten better? And you really, instead of sitting there and pandering, you need to say, because I found this out to be true no matter where I went, the issues were always the same. I would go to solidly Democratic and black communities, and you know what they would say? Um, I want my streets to be clean. 
I want my streets to be safe. I want my schools to be good. And by the way, taxes are too damn high. That's the same damn thing people in white suburban areas would say. So most people are the same when it comes down to it. Don't pander. Go and tell them your plan, how you're going to make their life better, and listen. That's what Republicans need to do. Republicans need to go to areas where they are politically uncomfortable going. That's the only way. Because if we can take a couple more percent of the black vote, it, it changes the entire game. It really does. And they've got to do that. Patrick in Indiana, you're on the Judge Janine Tunnel Tower show. How are you? No, Patrick's gone. I guess he's got other things to do in Indiana right now. Robert in New York City, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, my uh, thing is that uh, the judge that's presiding over his new case uh, was an Obama uh, appointee nine years ago. Yeah. She has handled 32 cases from January 6th. In nine of those cases, she even went beyond the, uh, the recommendation. request of the U.S. Attorney's Office yep. and sentenced these people very harshly. She has publicly stated uh, to these, some of these defendants that you were not there for the Constitution, representing the Constitution. You were there to represent one person. And obviously, she didn't, may not have mentioned that one person, but we all know it's Donald Trump. And here she's going to be presiding over this matter. She's going to try to expedite this matter. She should not be hearing this matter. She should recuse herself from this case. Obviously, she's doing uh, Obama and Biden's work. And uh, I, you know, I used to be on the CJA panel for many, many years. Uh, they have a wheel. Uh, in this particular case, more than any other case I could think of, she should recuse herself. Well, Robert, first of all, thank you for the call. And yes, look, it's very hard to get a judge to recuse himself or herself. And the the, the risk that you run as a defense attorney, when you or any attorney, even the prosecutors, when you go and you you basically tell the judge in front of his or her face, we don't think you can be fair. That's a tough. You better you better win that because if you don't, it's always going to be in the back of that judge's head that a slight bias against the person that tried to get them off the bench, and you know the, the, their ruling throughout is so important. I mean, they could throw the charges out. By the way, they could dismiss the case. They could overturn the jury. They can rule on evidence. They can rule on uh, whether or not a, um, a the defendant should should take the stand and, and, well, obviously doesn't have to do the, under the Fifth Amendment, doesn't have to recriminate himself. But certainly evident, all those kind of things, they have such power. But this judge, just because it was an Obama-appointed judge, does not mean that she has to recuse herself. Now, I do think that because of her January 6th involvement and all those, that it's it's a tough, this is a tough draw for, for Trump. No question about it. But let me tell you something. I've been in and out of federal courts with judges in my capacity as county executive. And you go in one day, you get a judge, you know, you're like, here's the case. And you get the assigned judge and you're like, oh, good, we got a good judge. And then that judge rules against you. And you're like, what the bleep? And then you get like the worst judge imaginable. And that judge rules in favor of you or or the decision is for you. You don't know. So I, I, judges don't like to be overturned. They do not like to have on appeal 
their decision or something that they did overruled and overturned. That's not good. So it's, it's very unlikely that this judge is going to recuse herself. Um, you know, Trump bashing Jack Smith, bashing the judges. Look, it's free speech. He could do what he wants. I'm sure his attorneys have told him, just be quiet. Don't say anything like this. But he's going to do what he wants, especially when he's in front of a crowd. Uh, let's see. Paul in New Jersey. How are you? You're on the Judge Janine Tunnel, the Tower Show with me, Rob Astorino. How are you doing? Hey, good afternoon. Hey, 18 September, 16, 4 p.m., Passaic County Jail, Mid-Unit 1, 2, and being a... He says, whether he likes it or not, he put me away because of that video. Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. Uh, all right. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Uh, Patrick is back from Indiana. Patrick, how are you? Yes. Hello, Rob. Um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should be impeached for um, oppressing the First Amendment. They're trying to do away with it uh, in the case of Trump, and they even even threaten uh, attorneys, and they won't take take cases of Trump or uh, some other people because they're Republican. The defending Republican would be, and. Uh, that's um, oppressing free speech, and he should be impeached on Article t- Article Three, Section Three, Clause Two, which says um, giving aid and comfort to the enemy is treason. And um, Kamala Harris should be impeached on uh, Article Two, Section Four, which says uh, the president or vice president or high officials can be impeached for treason, bribery, or um, uh, high crimes. And the high crimes that she committed is, one, she goes against the Constitution, just like Biden does, because they went against Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, which says that the Senate has the duty to uh, declare what is um, what you have to do to become a naturalized citizen. And I that has been voted into law by previous Senate, previous Senates and House of Representatives because you have to have both their law. Well, but- Patrick, look, what's going to happen with Joe Biden is a totally separate issue. I think the Republicans in the House are are – going at the pace that they should. The Republicans who are screaming, impeach him now, no, stop. You need to build the case for the American people so that the American people are like, you know what? We see it. We don't agree with it. You're right to do what you're doing. Throw all the evidence, methodically build those cases, because his DOJ is not going to indict Joe Biden. We know that. So build the case, and it's a political case, build the case that Joe Biden and his son and his family sold this country out then and only then, and that might be the same time as Trump is going to trial next year. You could have an impeachment underway and Trump going to to one of his four cases in federal court. This is what the U.S. is going to deal with next year, and the world is going to watch. The two presidential contenders, a former president running again and the current president of the United States, going through a trial and going through an impeachment. Now, is that what we really want? That's really for the primary voters to Republicans, whether Trump should be our standard banner, and the Democrats, and by the way, 
I don't think at the end of the day that Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. I think it's all going to catch up to them, aside from his health, mental health, physical health, his unpopularity, the economy, and all of this, which is trickling out now, but I think it's going to be a landslide of information next year that, again, most people are going to look at and say, oh, my God, what he did was horrible, and how did he get so rich? That's what we're going to deal with next year simultaneously. How's that for an election? couple more callers here, and i got a few other things to say. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. How are you, Tony? Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for, for all that you do. I wish we could hear you more each week um, because it's encouraging. And I like what you're saying. I think we need to be united in what we're doing and, you know, do it methodically. Um, I also, you know, consider everything prayerfully is, you know, as I get so overwhelmed sometimes by the craziness of it. And, um, and also when I do pray, I feel if I, if I have concerns, you know, I need to either reach out to someone in Congress because it's important that they know how we're feeling. But I think we as conservatives need to be unified and show a unified front and let Congress know how we're feeling. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, look, um, there's, this is a country that has been put through the test many times, and yeah. we're going through it again right now. I just think the one thing that's different now is a decade ago, 20 years ago, you know, way back when, Republicans and Democrats would fight, but there was a box. Everybody played in the sandbox, maybe on one edge on the left, one edge on the right, but we always we, we might have thrown sand at each other. But when the day was over, we walked out of the sandbox and uh, we didn't try to kill each other. We're at a point right now where there are no more sandboxes. Everyone, it's a free-for-all. The object, especially from the left, really, is to destroy their opponent. Um, see, we see them as opponents. They see them as enemies. And our country really is at risk right now, I think, for the foundations. They are taking a sledgehammer to everything meaningful, all liberties, the Constitution, uh, all social norms, everything. And that is a dangerous and scary thing. All right. Uh, we gotta, we got to take a little break here. And when I finish yeah. up, I'm going to talk about what's going on in Minnesota is another thing to really be concerned about because it started in California. It's in Minnesota. It's going other places, um, all under the guise of hate, hate. Hate speech. Ooh, I'm so scared. But it's dangerous. So stick around. Rob Astorino in for Judge Janine on the Tunnel to Tower show here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Rob Astorino in for Judge Janine. She'll be back next week, so don't worry. I don't know if you saw this. Probably not because it's, you know, it's downplayed by the media. But the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, and let me tell you something. These Department of Human Rights, these civil rights organizations that are officially part of the government, 
are really, really dangerous and powerful because they have the right under laws to fine people, to wipe out a business, uh, to investigate, all kind of things. Well, they basically just formed a bias registry in Minnesota, which has gone completely nuts. Minnesota has gone so loony. They've always been leftist, you know, Walter Mondale, but they're, they're just they're downright freaking crazy now. So what you can do if you're in Minnesota and somebody says something bad to you, I don't like what he said, I'm going to go on the bias registry and put in a complaint. So all non-criminal discrimination or, or, or acts or thoughts of discrimination will be investigated, and it'll be compiled, and it's public. So hate incidents. So think about this for a second. You know, you're walking along, and you look at somebody, and they think you looked at them wrong. And they perceive, by the way, that that was hateful. Why? Because maybe... I'm African-American or I'm Hispanic and some white guy walks by me and looks at me funny. I perceive that to be hate. So let me register that with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. California has the same thing. They have a website. It's totally insane. And it's dangerous because you're going to ruin people's lives, and that is the purpose. So anyway, look, I appreciate you joining me. Judge Janine will be back next week. I'm Rob Astorino. Go on my Facebook, Rob Astorino. Uh, on Facebook and uh, be my friend. All right, the Tunnel of Tower show will be back next week. Same bat channel, same bat time here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Have a great Sunday, everybody.